Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Endzone Militia Season 2, Episode 14, Week 6 Recap Episode. I'm your host, Isaiah Margo, with my co-host, the Buckeye Man, <laughs> Phil Snow. Uh, I am the Snowman, and just remember that stats are cool, and it, don't mind me uh, <laughs> living, a, living a little enjoyable life after the uh, Ohio State upset over our uh, win over Notre Dame last night. Uh, just a heck of a ball game to watch, and uh, after a fun Friday night, it was a good way to have uh, a good way to end the Saturday night. And uh, you know, Isaiah, we had a uh, you know some we had some controversy. We had some on. not so good games. Obviously, we saw quite a quite a few blowouts. Um, that was definitely a thing. Uh, but we also saw some really good games, especially over in Fulton County, mm -hmm. Wasion and Patrick Henry playing. That was a really good game. Came down to the wire. Uh, you look over there. St. Mary's Van Wert, that one came down to the wire. Van Wert got stuffed on a two-point mm -hmm. conversion. St. Mary's able to win that game. Just a crazy ending. And then uh, you talk about the Tenora, Wayne Trace, definitely uh, some massive controversy yeah. there at the end. If you didn't see that, uh, the final play, interesting stuff there. So uh, it was a fun slate of games and uh, uh, definitely excited to go over them with you guys and mm -hmm. get some get some of our interviews with you and uh, – Maybe uh, jump ahead and look about the exciting things that are coming next week. Absolutely. Uh, first, we start with the GMC, like always. Uh, the Antwerp Archers, uh, try uh, once again, stomping all over them. Uh, the Fairview Apaches, 45 to 8, Phil. You know, Antwerp, I figured, you know, we kind of thought that they'd be a little bit too much to overcome here for Fairview. Uh, Fairview just not quite there yet. I mean, they do have some pretty good pieces um, as far as – uh, William Zedike, you know, 14 to 32 through the air, 125 mm -hmm. yards. Um, Logan Olinger, 49 yards rushing, 32 receiving yards through the air. So uh, they, they have some nice pieces, but uh, 22nd straight regular season win for Antwerp. Uh, they've really been on the, they've really been on a tear. And uh, and uh, you know, we're watching the Browns <laughs> game in here, and I don't know what's going on on the TV right now, but uh, uh, Carson Altimus was 21 of 28 for 343 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Caden Winslow caught four of those passes for 120 yards and two scores. Um, also, Cam Fuller, five catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. Reed Leasty, six catches, 67 yards. Also added 12 carries and 190 – or excuse me, 12 carries and 97 yards on the ground. Uh, he also had two touchdowns there. So, big day offensively um, for uh, Antwerp. As you know, we've come to, uh, you know, see them – score lots of points and uh, uh, continuing to do so here. So Antwerp got some big contests coming up with uh, mm -hmm. Ayersville and uh, Wayne Trace also. I think they play Wayne Trace next week. And, uh, you know, Wayne Trace coming off a tough loss, you know they're going to yep. be hungry. So, Yep, so the Antwerp Archers will be hosting the, the Raiders. The Raiders. And the Apaches will be traveling over to Edgerton. Our next game, we have the Ayersville Pilots playing, uh, traveling over to the Hicksville Aces, winning 38-14. Phil, uh, this is a game that we were both expecting on this one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Ayersville pretty strong with the running game, continuing to be strong with the running game, especially uh, over the last couple of weeks. Ayersville, 26 points in the second quarter, Isaiah. This was a game where they kind of took control in that second quarter, never looked back. Uh, 21st downs as well. Torn Knieven continues to tear up the ground game. 16 carries for 184 yards and two, excuse me, three scores. That's about 11.39 yards per carry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're averaging a first down per carry, Isaiah. You're doing something right. You know, so got to give some credit to the offensive line, too. They've been making holes for him to run through. Um, Lucas Fishpaw, 8 of 12 for 115 yards and a touchdown. Also had an interception. Uh, Ray Wolfram, five catches for 63 yards. Looking at the other side for the Hicksville Aces, only 11 first downs, uh, 33 carries for 145 yards, 29 passing yards, so struggled moving the ball through the air. Uh, so when you become a little bit one-dimensional, tough to beat a good team, especially a good defensive team like Ayersville, very physical. Abe Delano, really mm -hmm. good on defense. Torrington, even really good on defense. Brady Clark, especially leading tackler for Ayersville. They're tough on defense. Uh, last thing, Garrett... Uh, Turnbull, 5 of 10 for 27 yards. And then Hicksville's running back, Brant Langham, 19 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. So, um, you know, as Cade mentioned, I think in the game day episode, he talked about Hicksville having some nice pieces. I think you see that mm -hmm. with some of these stats you're seeing. Uh, they do have some good pieces to work around. Just 
not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, good chance for them to get a nice win next week, though, against Fairview. Absolutely. So the Pilots get the tr- get to host their arch rival in the, in the Tenora Rams, which we'll be, be talking about for a hot minute. And Hicksville will be traveling over to the Paulding Panthers. Speaking of Paulding, the Edgerton Bulldogs hosting the Paulding Panthers. Uh, Paulding winning 54-20. You know, I figured that Paulding would be able to win this game. Um, I'm not sure if I saw um, 54-20. to 20. I had 35-21. I figured Paulding would be able mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of physical their way through this ball game. But um, Blake Roanhouse had a touchdown reception for Paulding. Um, Paulding outscored Edgerton 36-6 to six in the second quarter – or in the first half, excuse Holy. me. So difference in the game there. Paulding really just jumped out up front, mm-hmm. never let the dogs off, and uh, able to get a big win. First win – over Edgerton since rejoining the GMC in 2020. The Paulding Panthers, Isaiah, are 4-2. and two. Great chance to get another good win next week. They play Hicksville next week, Isaiah. Hosting Hicksville, and yes. And Paulding, watch out for those Panthers, man. They are playing with a chip on their shoulders and playing hard right now. Absolutely, and like I said earlier, Edgerton will be hosting the Fairview Apaches, and the Panthers of Paulding will be hosting the Hicksville Aces. And, I, and before we move on, you know, mm-hmm. I just – you know, you mentioned a little bit about me talking about this team earlier in the season about how they have a storyline, and they just keep writing new chapters, Isaac. I mean, Absolutely. they're they're playing physical. Uh, they're playing hard. They got some nice pieces. Like I said, they have a really good defensive player who just creates all kinds of havoc in defense mm-hmm. or an offensive backfield. So they have some really nice pieces. Paulding could could really give Tenora a run for their money. Um, still got to play Wayne Trace, I mm-hmm. believe. So uh, Paulding's definitely going to be in the meat of their schedule, but – Watch out! Yeah, uh, it, the one, the the other thing that we can look back on league play wise, if Paulding stops Abe Delano at least one time from scoring one of those touchdowns, we're talking about Paulding in a league title race right now. That it's that's coming down to the wire. Well, if Paulding only has one league loss, yeah, they, I mean they really only have one league loss. So you're mm-hmm. looking at Paulding with one league loss and Wayne Trace sitting there with one league loss. This could get interesting, especially with. You know, and some of these teams mm-hmm. have to play each other. Antwerp and Ayersville still have to play each other. Ayersville, Tenora next week. I wouldn't be surprised if Tenora is able to beat Ayersville. I think mm-hmm. Ayersville is a little bit better team. If I had to give the nod, I would give the nod to Ayersville. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some interesting games coming up in the GMC, and it's like it's like the GMC waited to the last six weeks to give us all the excitement that yeah. we can handle. And, <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, guys. I'm here for it. Absolutely. And so we get to our last game, the controversy one that we talked about at the beginning of our episode here. The Tenora Rams hosting the Raiders, winning 21-13. So, Phil, obviously this game came down to eight points. But at the end of the game, though, Kyle Stoller throws an interception to a de- – That was actually Cooper Wenzlick. Cooper, Cooper oh, Wenzlick was Wenzlick? the quarter, quarterback at the time. I think he was oh, yeah, they stubbed throwing out, they put it to Kyle Stoller. Wenzlick has a better arm. Wenzlick's yeah. a really good pitcher, so. Yeah, uh, trying to throw it to Stoller. A Tenora defender picks it off. He doesn't hit the ground. He's, he's just running around in the end zone. And then he never – he never – no whistle's blown. Just hands it to, the, to a Raider football player in the end zone. And I mean, they, they just met chaos. For a good, they met for a good 10 minutes after the game. The referees did to, to talk about it, and there was no whistle. And even if you give yourself up as a player – you know, there has to be something that tells you that the play was blown dead. Um, you know, we can sit here and talk about that, which I think is, you know, definitely worth talking about. It's something that a rule book should, you know, if, if Rex Lingren was there, he would have oh, yeah, pulled he, it out oh, of yeah. his Rex back Linger, pocket. The and, Rex Lingren special, he would have he yelled at you, yelled at those refs and to bring out the, the rule well, book. And he would have made them pull out their rule book and said, hey, you know, you need to show me where this is, you know, why you're calling this. And, you know, that could have been a, a, a big point in that game, but – you know, the bigger thing for me is that, you know, we had talked a little bit about Tenora struggling in the red zone offensively. How about their defense on the red oh, zone yes. last their week? Their defense was on fire that because night. Because Wayne Trace, 19-play, eight-and-a-half-minute drive, fourth and goal from the two, and Tenora stuffed them. So, you know, you can say anything you want about that last play. Controversy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Maybe yes. a questionable call. Absolutely. But Wayne Trace had other chances to win Mm -hmm. this ball game, and Tenora shut them down. And I think that's a really, really nice win. 
mm-hmm. for Tenora, uh, especially since Wayne Trace outgained Tenora 289 to 197, mm-hmm. more pass yards, more rushing yards. This was a brutal physical game mm-hmm. in Tenora. I think they're able to edge this out because of their non-conference schedule. We talked about yes, the gauntlet, absolutely. you know. Yeah. UC Otsego, Liberty Center, Center, and Archibald. Archibald. You're going to be battle-tested and ready for these kind of physical, yeah. drawn-out, lanky games. And mm-hmm. I think you kind of saw what, uh, you know, Tenora was able to do to, to, to kind of yeah, be able to take the reins and win this game. Uh, what Kate told me uh, the, on Friday night, uh, they took Wayne Trace's running game out of the equation and just made him uh, work on Stoller and make him throw the ball, which is – Stoller's an amazing quarterback, don't get me wrong, but if you take the running game away from their game plan and make their offense a little bit more predictable, then it, it benefits. It will benefit the Ram defense, and it did absolutely. It, it did, and they like like you said, they had a res, they had a you consider a goal line stand against the rate against Wayne Trace's run de, uh, run offense. Yeah, and you know you you get a 19 play drive. You know you could be real and you could be tired, and for you to be able to dig in and get that stop, mm-hmm. uh, really big stuff there for Tenora, uh, a, a big momentum win, exactly what they needed, especially moving forward into their tougher opponents, getting to be able to see the likes of a, our uh, Ayersville, and uh, you know they're going to come down to that. Mm-hmm. You know, and Antwerp. Tenora could play it. spoiler. Antwerp they already played, so oh, yeah, yep. um, Tenora could play spoiler. Uh, it could be interesting to see what happens there, but. Um, before we move on to our next game, uh, let's give a shout out to Captain Cade Man, who did a really nice job doing some his due diligence over there uh, at the Tenora game. So we have some uh, player interviews with Grady Gusweiler and Dominic Graziani. They are separate, uh, so it's going to be a mystery about which one's first. So we'll let the audio tell you <laughs> who the interview is with. Cue the music. At the end zone militia is Sonora quarterback Dominic Raziani. Dom, nice game out there tonight through the air. Last week a little bit of a struggle offensively with a lot of turnovers. Tell me, how did you? What was the message this week to bounce back? Hey, I mean, all I got told this week is just keep the ball safe and we'll win the game. Ended up happening, so you know, not really trying to force anything anymore. Kind of got over that, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully for me being a Sonora fan too. But Dom, tell me, this Wayne Trace defense is very, very nasty. They're physical. He took some hits down there in a the pile, but you just kept bouncing backs up. Back up, sorry, excuse me. Is that your mentality? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just got to get back up. I'm you know, big part of this team. I got to power forward. That's my mentality. <laughs> now, big one next week with Ayersville. Tell me, what does it mean for you guys to get the River Bell back over at Tenora? Oh, I mean, it's huge. You know, I mean, that's really all I look forward to during the season besides the GMC championship. I can't wait. Can't wait. Tell me. That was a nice throw you had in the corner of the end zone, the second one to Owen Ackerman. Tell me, you just got a lot of faith in number two that he's going to be able to bring the ball down? Oh, yeah. I mean, state high jump champion. I got to trust him. <laughs> one of the best athletes out here. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And tell me, that Wayne Trace defense again, just being so physical. When you're reading the end, you got the mindset of, I'm going to hand it off, I'm going to keep it? or you know, I mean, I don't have the mindset of pulling it. I, I just do what the defense <laughs> gives me. I'm not trying to be a ball hog out here, so. Yeah, we're doing a nice job about being a ball hog. Very nice game tonight, and congratulations on the win. Let's get focused up and ready for Arizona next week. Thank you. Thank you. Now joining us, another victorious Ram player, Grady Gusweiler. Grady, nice game tonight defensively, special teams. You're just all over the field telling me, is your mentality, let's just go hit somebody? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm one of those guys that rather get a big hit than a touchdown. And I, I, I like doing the dirty work for my team and let my other guys score touchdowns and make the big plays. Man, I can really tell by the way you play. You just love the big hit. It definitely shows in the way you play. Not a really big rush game tonight, but your linebacker spot, you just read the keys so well. Tell me, this Wendry's offense loves to throw the ball around. What's the preparation going into this? Well, we were going into it. I mean, they're a big team. They got a very smart quarterback, Kyle Stoller, knows how to manage the team. They got big receivers. And, I mean, deep defense, uh, our main – priority was uh just to stop like the short passes and the deep balls because we knew we were going to stop the run tell me big one next week what would it mean for you being tenora bring the river bowl bell back oh i i think it's a for sure thing not to be cocky or anything but i'm i'm super excited for that game that's that's one of my favorite games of the year by far airsville airsville i love playing them it's a good rival game i got a lot of buddies over there they're a good team i like facing what are some of the things you guys are going to have to do offensively to win the game next week at Ayersville? Yeah. Uh, well, to win the game next week, I mean, obviously no turnovers. 
can't have uh, interceptions or fumbles, which we did a really good job of tonight. O-line will do a good job as usual. And uh, run, running, I got to read holes and and read read my uh, linemen and like where, where they block and, and find the right hole. And receivers got to run the right routes and we'll get it done. Tell me, would you like to give credit to anybody specifically tonight in this game? I think Dominic Graziani had a very standout game. Like everybody's been tough on him this year for the turnovers and how he's not been throwing passing touchdowns, but I thought he did a great job managing the offense tonight, and I think our offense line did a great job too. I always give props to the offense line. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Grady, thank you for taking some time with us. Big win, big computer points on the line there, and good luck next week. Yep, thank you, thank you. And shout-out to Captain Caneman for providing those interviews to us of Grady Gusweiler and Dominic Graziani of the Tenora Rams. Yeah, and both those guys had really good games uh, and uh, needed every bit of it, too. So Absolutely. And so with that being our last game of the GMC, the GMC standings at where, as of right now are the Antwerp Archers, 6-0, 3-0. And second is the Pilots, 5-1, 3-0. And third, the Paulding Panthers. Four and two, two and one. The Tenora Rams, three and three, two and one. Tied in conference play there right now. Uh, same thing for the Wayne Trace, the Raiders. The Raiders. They're three and three, two and one. But based on head-to-head tiebreaker, technically Tenora's ahead of them. And then everyone else, uh, six, seven, and eight, zero oh and three in league play, one and five, one and five, and zero oh and six. So Edgerton, Hicksville, and Fairview in those orders. Yeah, and uh, you know, just before we move over into our NLL talk. Uh, just a couple of scores to pass along to you from the outside games of the stats guy. Um, Bellevue 4-1 at Milan Edison 5-0. Milan Edison way too much at home. The Chargers uh, they were on they were they were uh, they were hot and on fire. So 41-7 Edison was able to win that game at home. 4-1 uh, Genoa. Genoa on the road at 2-3 at Seago. Big win for Genoa 48-19. All right, so we head on over to the NLL uh, Buckeye Division play. The 4-1 Anthony Wayne Generals traveling over to 3-2 Whitmer, a game that was a nail-biter throughout the night, and Whitmer pull, uh, pulling away uh, later, in the, uh, later in the second half, Phil. Um, I believe that at halftime, I believe this game was 21-14, I believe. Yeah, and then Whitmer was able to come out and get ahead 28-14, and then on the ensuing kickoff, Ben Neekers took it 87 yards. Neekers, right? Is it Neekers? Ben Neekers. Neekers? Neekers. 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 I, th- I'm not. I, think it, I think it's Neekers because he trains with Jordan. Okay. Neekers, I believe. 87-yard kickoff return for touchdown, and that made it 28-21 in the third quarter. Um, just too much Whitmer running game. You know, we had kind of talked about whether or not they had a good enough running game. We're able to rack about 280 yards rushing. Uh, Joey Morales, 27 carries, 120 nine yards four scores brady ford nine of 11 through the air 146 yards and a touchdown and logan frank four receptions 96 yards and one score uh for anthony wayne grant kenny 14 carries 36 yards and a touchdown he was also 21 of 35 through the air for 167 yards and a score uh Bray, uh braden gardner 10 for th- 10 carries uh, for 36 yards also had eight receptions um for 91 yards and a touch, or 51 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just too much Whitmer, too much physicality. Um, kind of didn't have an answer there. I, I you know Anthony Wayne's coach said that they had moved Carter Lowe around a little bit on the offensive line and uh, just didn't have an answer for the physicality that Whitmer had. So, uh, you know, Whitmer and Anthony Wayne both uh, really got some tough games coming up next. So, uh, no time to feel sorry for yourself. No time to feel complacent about a tough loss if you're Anthony Wayne. Uh, you got to get right back on the horse because they're going to see Finley soon and Perrysburg at some point. Perrysburg yep. uh, is going to turn around and go to Whitmer next week. So these are some really, really big games in the NOL, especially for this mm-hmm. division race, and uh, could come down to this very – these two games. Whitmer, uh, you know, you look at Finley, who's right in the mix as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, this, this, this division could get really spicy over the next couple of weeks, Isaiah. Yep. So the Anthony Wayne Generals will be traveling over to Finley – and the Whitmer Panthers will be heading on over. Well, my bad. We'll be hosting the Swarm, the Perrysburg Yellow Jackets. Finley, then the next, uh, Finley Trojans hosting the Springfield Blue Devils, winning 53 nothing in a blank. Uh, Phil, we were expect- expecting this one to be pretty bad. Yeah, um, you know, Finley, uh, Finley's really good. And they have a guy by the name of Ryan Montgomery, who was 21 of 31 for 367 yards and four touchdowns. Um, Ryan Montgomery, 
has also set the record at Finley High School, passing Kyle Johan's all-time passing yards record mark of 6,226 yards, which stood for 21 years at Finley High School. Ryan Montgomery is now your new passing leader at 6,280. So congratulations to Ryan Montgomery. All right, so then the Finley, like I said earlier, the Finley Trojans will be hosting the Generals of Anthony Wayne and Springfield will be traveling over to Sylvania Northview. And then speaking of Northview, the Perrysburg Yellow Jackets, the Swarm, hosting at Sylvania Northview, uh, winning this game 48 nothing in a blowout, Phil. We were expecting this one to happen also. Yeah, Perrysburg defense too much, only allowed about just over 100 yards of total offense. Micah Ketchner. Uh, for the Northview Wildcats, 10 carries for 22 yards. Boston Vargas, 10 of 20 through the air for 67 yards. Uh, for the Perrysburg Jackets, who are victorious, Nick Oros, 11 carries, 125 yards and three scores. Josh Tackett's through the air, 9 of 15 for 119 yards and three scores. And his main man on the outside, Gavin Fennekin, four receptions, 58 yards, and two receiving touchdowns for the Jackets. Perrysburg is rolling right now, mm -hmm. but they're definitely going to start getting into some of these tougher games, and we're going to find out really who the Perrysburg Yellow Jackets are as mm -hmm. uh, they're playing confident right now. They're feeling good about themselves, and uh, we're going to see what they, what kind of attitude that they come in with next week mm -hmm. uh, going against this Whitmer team. And, you know, you could be talking about, like I said, the uh, potential NLL um, crown here for yeah. this division. So. Yeah, and also they get to travel into very hostile, <laughs> into very hostile uh, environment over there at, at Whitmer, and so the Sylvanian Northview will be hosting the Springfield Blue Devils. So we head on over to the Cardinal Division, the Bowling Green Bobcats hosting the Clay Eagles. Eagles flying high throughout the night, 56-28 over the Bobcats. Yeah, um, this was a Clay onslaught in the second and third quarters. Clay put up. 37, or excuse me, 31 points in the first quarter or in the second quarter, and then 20 points in the third quarter. Mason Heinchel had three rushing touchdowns, also added two through the air. Um, for BG, uh, Jaysha Shannon, nine carries for 58 yards and a touchdown. Jackson Schaefer, 11 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. And Peyton Harris added 21 carries for 160 yards and a touchdown, uh, totaling 48 rushes for 335 yards, um, zero completions, 0 of 3 uh, through the air for BG. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't wait to move on down this list because I never thought that I would ever put down two games of statistics where there wasn't a pass completed, and I have it on this sheet today, and I'm kind of excited. So, All right. So, And you'll be surprised at what the other one is. All right, I would I love to hear it. Uh, so Bowling Green will be traveling over to Savannah Southview, and the Clay Eagles will be hosting the Fremont Little Giants. Speaking of Fremont, the Fremont Ross Little Giants traveling over to Napoleon, and the Wildcats came on top on this one, 41-21, Phil. Yeah, biggest uh, biggest bugaboo for Fremont Ross. Bugaboo. Probably able to hang in this game. Four interceptions in the first half. Mm. One of them returned for a touchdown by Trey Rubenstein. Um, they had 18 first downs to Napoleon's 16. They had 325 yards of total offense to Napoleon's 330. So statistical-wise, they're right in this ballgame. Mm -hmm. uh, J.D. Moncrief, 13 carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown for Fremont Ross. Looking at the side for Napoleon, George Eggers, seven carries, 91 yards, and two touchdowns. Also had a big 56-yarder. Um uh, at to uh, excuse me, a big 56-yarder to kind of bust that game open a little bit there in the second half. Uh, he also added seven tackles on defense. Owen Espinosa, nine of 11 through the air, 157 yards and three touchdowns, one interception. Trey Rubenstein again, all four of the interceptions for free uh, for Napoleon's defense. One of them for a touchdown. Also caught two passes for 50 yards and a touchdown as well. Garrett Hall, five receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Trey Rubenstein's going to get a nod for the player of the week belt for me on that one. You intercept four passes and return one of them for a touchdown. You got to get a nominee. And, you know, I think uh, I think Joey Morales is another guy for Whitmer that's got to get it. That's got to get a nod. You know, mm -hmm. we kind of knocked Whitmer's running game a little bit there. He gets 121, 24 yards, four touchdowns. 
uh, against a really, really good Anthony Wayne team. So they needed all mm-hmm. those. Um, not even to Colton Cruz's stats yet. We'll get to those. He was another guy that had four touchdowns. So there was a lot of guys that really uh, produced a lot of yeah. a lot of nominations this it's week. It's going to be really hard to pick five just five players. All right, and so with that being said, the Fremont Roslo Giants will be at Clay, and Napoleon will be finishing up their off league. Well, will be start uh, finishing up their off league play where they started, uh, hosting the Bowser. I believe the Bowser Racers now. I believe I'm not sure. Blue Racers maybe. Bowser Blue Ray. I don't remember. All I do know it's something blue something. Anyways, I'm fired. So, the Sylvania Southview uh, at Scott, at the Scott Bulldogs, winning 28-12. to uh, Phil, this game was, uh, I was expecting a little bit more offense, but Southview still got the job done. Yeah, too much Isaac, Isaac Sexton. He had a big game on the ground. I knew he took a 78-yard touchdown run. Uh, right as they were talking about Scott's athletes, Isaac Sexton goes right around the corner and boom, right for a touchdown. So uh, Southview, big win to bounce back there. They're going to have to finish the season strong here, uh, especially to make a playoff push. Absolutely. So with that being said, the NLL, of the here's the standings of the Buckeye division first. Perrysburg standing up at top, 6-0, 4-0. In second is the Finley Trojans, 5-1, 4-0. In third is the 4-2, 4-0 Whitmer Panthers. The 4-2, 3-1 Anthony Wayne Generals. Uh, the 1-5, 1-4 Sylvania Northview. And finishing it off is the 2-4, 0-3 Springfield Blue Devils. And in the Cardinal Division, still sitting up at the top still. Bowling Green at 4-2, and 2-2. Two, two and two. Clay, 3-3, three 2-3. Three, two three. Uh, Napoleon at 2-2. Two and two. Well, my bad, 2-4, two 2-2. And two and two. Savannah Southview, 3-3, 1-3. And, three, one and, three. and at the bottom is Fremont Ross with a 1-5, 0-4. Uh, let's get a couple more outside games at you here. Um, Colonel Crawford, 5-0 and oh at Cary. A little bit of a backdoor rivalry. They've had some pretty good playoff. Uh, meetings Playoffs. over the last couple of years. Um, carry too much at home, 27-7 to over Colonel Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, Port Clinton traveling to Huron. You know, Scott kind of talked about that being a backdoor rivalry as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Huron too much, 38-7 mm-hmm. at home against Port Clinton. All right. And so we get to on over to the WBL. Lima Bath, 3-2, and 2-2. Two, two and two, uh, Traveling over to Ottawa Glandorf, 28-21, a nail-biter. Bath sneaks out of one. Lyman Bath has had this uh, knack for doing this, having close games and being able to find a way to win them. And I think that's big for them, especially when you're talking about being able to put games away or survive or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've done a pretty nice job winning these close games at Elida. Um you know, another close game to our, on Friday night. So uh, they've become accustomed to winning bigger games. Uh, 439 yards for Bath to OG's 218. 283 yards on the ground. OG 4 of 11 on third down. Uh, Peyton Coleman 12 of 25 through the air, 143 yards and two touchdowns. Also through two picks. And... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. uh, pretty much the end of that. And you know, uh, mm-hmm. Lima Bath, four and two, mm-hmm. rolling. New coach, uh, they've got to be feeling pretty good about themselves over there. Absolutely. So Lima Bath gets to host the current crown champ, well, the crown uh, number one in the league, the Salina Bulldogs, and all the way Glendorf gets the travel over to Cougar Nation, Van Wert, and I don't think. Uh, <laughs> It's not that's not, not gonna be pretty. Maybe we'll play a game. Let's find out. And I hate those games. Speaking of Salina, the Salina Bulldogs hosting Elida. 24-12 Salina. Phil. Well, um, Salina is they're good. Uh, they're, yes, they're they're the good. real deal. They're they're physical on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of talked about them being mean and physical on defense. They attack the ball. Uh, defensively take away offensive offense's best strength. I had 24-21 Salida, Salina, excuse me. I had the Salina score right, but I was wrong on the Elida score. But um, nevertheless, Salina in a control of their own destiny kind of thing right now. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and they're playing really well. So, Yep. And so Salina will be, tra- like I said earlier, will be traveling over to Lima Bath, and Elida gets the travel on over. Well, my bad, will be hosting the Defiance Bulldogs. Speaking of defiance, the Bulldogs 4-1, traveling over to Kenton, winning this game 46-18. Uh, this game was expected, Phil. Well, I think Kenton did a really nice job to start the game. They kind of put some pressure on defiance. Defiance did uh, 
you know, do some nice things to kind of close the game out there, especially in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I had a big third quarter. Uh, you know, Brez Zipfeld continues to play well for Defiance. Uh, let's see here. Defiance, best start since 2008. And uh, five and one, Travis Cooper really making some noise over there in Defiance. Mm-hmm. And they're behind him, and they're on a roll right now. Absolutely. And so, like I said, Defiance will be traveling over to Elida, and Kenton will be traveling over to Wapaw. Mm. And so we get to our second last game of the WBO, the St. Mary, St. Mary's Memorial hosting the Van Wert Cougars in an upset. I would, I would consider this game an upset, Phil. Uh, winning 21-19 St. Mary's over the Cougars. Yeah, St. Mary's able to stuff Van Wert on a two-point conversion with 56 seconds left to go in the game, which would have tied it up to, t- to try to possibly take it into overtime. Van Wert struggling right now, uh, back-to-back, uh, pretty tough losses uh, for Van Wert. 322 total yards for Van Wert, 2 of 12 on third down. Um, Brylan Parker, 8 of 19 for 92 yards, four interceptions. Um, also had 25 carries for 135 yards and two touchdowns. Keldon Bill, 18 carries, 95 yards and a score. Connor Campbell, five receptions, 81 yards. St. Mary's. 55 carries for 274 yards and 0 of 3 through the air. So all rushing attack for St. Mary's Memorial and the Rough Riders and able to beat Van Wert without completing a pass. Uh, Pretty good stuff there for St. Mary's. So uh, two straight wins for the Rough Riders, two big wins that they needed. Maybe this is where their season kind of turns around a little bit and they're able to start putting some pieces together. Absolutely. So St. Mary's will be hosting Shawnee. Shawnee. And Van Wert will be hosting the Titans of Oliver Glendorf. And so we get to our last game of the WBO, the Wapak Redskins traveling over to Shawnee, winning 42-6 to Wapak. And, Phil, this game was expected to be happening. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that Wapak would be too much for Shawnee. Shawnee just doesn't have enough firepower on offense, uh, struggle to stop the running game. Uh, we know Jace Nouse, really good running back, Caleb Boyer and company over there, pretty good solid squad. So uh, Wapak and Etta rolling right now, uh, really in the – driver's seat as well especially gonna they're gonna see salina down the down the road yet Mm so uh could be interesting how the wbl shakes up especially over the last four weeks absolutely so like i said earlier wild will be hosting kenton and shawnee will be at saint mary's and so the standings of the wbl is at number one the five and one five and oh salina bulldogs at two the five and one four and one defiance bulldogs uh right behind them is the wild redskins four and two four and one in league play in fourth place, Lima Bath, four and two, three and two, and another tie is uh, in fifth with four and two, three and two of the Elida Bulldogs. At sixth is three and three, two and three Van Wert. Seventh is two and four, two and three Kenton. Uh, the two and four, two and three St. Mary's Memorial, and at the bottom in a two-way tie for last is the Shawnee Indians. 0-6, 0-5, and the Ottawa Glandorf Titans, 0-6, 0-5. Phil, we got any more outside games, or are we good? Uh, yeah, we do have one more outside game, but I want to talk about it last because it's it's there's some pretty crazy stuff. You, uh, you would talk about the stats guy. He's got some more for you later, so I'll, I'll save it for later. All right. So the Archibald Blue Streaks hosting the Evergreen Vikings, winning 44-7 Archibald all night. Phil. Yeah, big game for Archibald. I kind of figured that they would be a little bit too much for Evergreen. Um, 17 first downs to Evergreen, 6. 27 points in the second quarter. This was a 7 nothing ball game after the end of one. Archibald had the lead. Um, 30 rushes for 129 yards for Evergreen, or for Archibald. Excuse me, Lucas Dominic, leading carrier, 14 of them for 47 yards. Um Cade Brenner, 12 of 18 through the air, 222 yards and three scores. Chase Miller, seven receptions, 129 yards and two touchdowns. He had a 47-yard touchdown as well. Evergreen, one of eight on third down, 21 carries for negative eight yards rushing. Max Mossing had eight carries for eight yards, but you talk about sacks and yardage loss, negative eight total yards rushing for Evergreen. So, um, defensive smash mouth football there for the Vike or for the Blue Streaks. Bryce Bulger nine of fifteen through the air for 120 yards and a touchdown. Will Roots, uh, Ruitz was the uh, reception getter for the touchdown. He had one catch for 42 yards and that was for the touchdown. Yep. And so the Archibald Blue Streaks will be hosting the Swanton Bulldogs and Evergreen will be trying over traveling over to the Bryan Golden Bears. 
Speaking of the Golden Bears, the Brian Golden Bears traveling over to the Black Hole, the Liberty Center Tigers, getting absolutely walloped, spitting up, and then chewed up again, and they got spit out again. 63 the 7 Tigers. This was an onslaught from the beginning. Um, Liberty Center's offensive line just created so much space for the running backs. Mm -hmm. When you get Colton Cruz and Trenton Cruz in space, they're almost impossible to bring down. Um, let's look at some of the numbers here. Brian, Chase Kepler, 9 of 18 for 98 yards in an interception. He also added 14 carries for 30 yards. Um, Brian, 35 rushes for 92 total yards. So under 100 yards receiving, under 100 yards rushing for the Tiger defense. Sam Harold, 10 carries for 35 yards and the lone touchdown there in the third quarter for Brian when the game was pretty much out of hand already. Um, Drew Hahn, two catches for 48 yards. For the victorious Liberty Center Tigers, Landon Amstutz, four of six for 53 yards and a touchdown. Colton Cruz, nine carries for 189 yards. Whoa. And four. Whoa. And count them, one, two, three, four touchdowns, which is 21.2 yards per carry. Trenton Cruz, five carries for 49 yards and a touchdown. Thomas Moeller, six carries for 55 yards. Waylon Rents, two carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. Ted Wyrimbeck, one carry for two yards and a score. 35 carries for 399 yards for the Tigers, which is 11.4 yards per rush. So wow. uh, really effective job running the football Offensive line creating space, and then the Liberty Center running backs know what to do with the ball mm -hmm. when they get space. Um, just, <laughs> just a lot of wealth to spread around there. Four touchdowns for Colton, one for Trenton, one for Waylon, and one for Ted. So, uh, you look about seven rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdowns. It was, uh, it was an offensive uh, onslaught. onslaught and a, a perfect execution. I think we ran 22 plays mm -hmm. in the first half to get 49 points. Um, you know, you, you really only see 35 carries, four passes, so we don't, we ran under 40 plays offensively. Um, big chunk plays were the story of the game. I think the other story on defense was you wanted a limited Brian's big chunk plays. Liberty Center was able to do that. They were mm -hmm. also able to force a turnover. Thomas Moeller – is becoming a very good defensive back slash safety in his own right. Um, Landon Cruz, eight tackles for Liberty Center, led the way. And then Landon Bachelman, who was an absolute menace all night, he had two sacks and then added four tackles. So stingy defensive line, a lot of depth, a lot of reps for a lot of guys over the first six weeks for the Tigers, and they're, they're keeping it rolling right now. Yep, and we have some interviews from that game. We have Xander Zyder and Seth Navarre, and then after that, we will have Coach R Coach Riggy. Coach Riggy was just a fun one. We we, <laughs> we wanted to interview a coach, and you know everybody was kind of getting out of there, and you know we went, we asked Coach Amstutz, and Coach Coach Amstutz, well go ahead, coach, ask Coach Riggy, and Coach Riggy, uh, so, ask Coach Riggy, he'll so, take it. I'm like so, seriously, he's like yeah. So like, okay. Coach Riggy talks a little bit about the quarterback spot. You know that's kind of where his specialty is on the staff here for the Tigers, DBs, and. And quarterback. So, you know, Coach Riggy spends a lot of time with Landon on that. So we'll get to that. But here's our player interviews first. And we are here now with victorious Liberty Center football players, Xander Zyder and Seth Navarre. Guys, first of all, congratulations on a really big dominating win over a tough Bryant team. Xander, let's start with you. Defensive line, you kind of set the tone there a little bit earlier. Bryant's getting good things going on their first offensive drive. Roll the dice maybe to go for it on fourth down. You come up with a big stop with some penetration. Talk about how you guys were able to, to make some noise on the D-line here tonight. You know, uh, in practice, we just practice moves a lot. You know, our stunts, stuff like that, crashes, you know. Honestly, if it wasn't for Baki, Seth, and Box last year, we would nowhere be where we're at right now. So I got to give all my credit to those guys right there. Seth, we'll go to you a little bit. Obviously, you know, you and Baki are kind of the tandem duo. Then you got this guy right next to you who really cleans up the garbage, as I like to say. He's that just that dumpster that eats everything up. I love that. Um, talk about the way that you guys were able to keep constant pressure on Jace Kepler tonight, who, make no mistake, is a very, very good quarterback. 
Uh, well, we just kind of, like, like Xander said, we worked on uh, keeping the hands off us. We worked a lot with Coach with Coach Miller, helped us out a lot with our hands. Coach Brian told us to do stunts a lot this year, well, against them, because last year worked on them pretty well because they couldn't block it very well, so we just kept doing the same thing like today. So. Absolutely. Hey, Z, um, you know, you, you talk a little bit about setting the tone defensively. Obviously, offensive offense was clicking. Talk about, a little bit about your defensive back performance here tonight, kind of keeping some receivers in check, making tackles in space, which kind of opened the door for you guys to just pin your ears back and go. Yeah, I know. Before the game, we kind of had a little game plan ourselves that, you know, we'll put the pressure on them. They'll cover up, get picks, and vice versa. They'll have coverage on them, and we'll get the sack. So we just game planned really well this week. And like Seth said, Coach Brian and Coach Miller, they had an awesome game plan for us this week. Seth, let's turn it over a little bit to you on the offensive side of the ball. Really dominating drives to start the game. I think maybe six plays. You guys were up 14 to nothing. Talk about how you guys are a brotherhood on that front line of your line of scrimmage and how it starts with you guys up front. Uh, well, all week, we, that's all. Like, offense line is probably really important for us, and we work on it like separately. Like, offense goes over here, like, offense line, and then we get some scout defense in there. And scout defense helps out a lot as well. Like, some, our coaches sometimes say the scout defense is better than the teams we play. But it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, sometimes. But no, they were good. They hit hard. We just kept going, kept on pounding, and we just. Put it to him. Okay, obviously don't want to look a little bit too much ahead. We want to enjoy this one. Xander, let's start with you. Talk a little bit about some of the things that the Liberty Center Tigers are going to have to do next week uh, to keep the ball rolling against a very good Patrick Henry Patriot football team. You know, um, obviously, you know, being Liberty Center football, we got to be more physical with them. You know, history shows the more physical we are, the more likely we have, you know, better chance we have to win. Um, our DBs have to play really well, like, uh, you know, like we did today. Um, also, our defense line has to contain the quarterback and get Nash Meyer. It's going to be a big game next week, and I'm looking forward to it a lot. Seth, a couple of things that the Tigers are going to have to do to keep the ball rolling next week. Just keep, just keep I don't know, man. Just keep going. <laughs> like, <laughs> keep just keep going. doing what we're doing. It's, it's going to go well for us. Just keep doing what we're doing. That's all I can say. Absolutely, fellas. Hey, 6-0 and on the season. Yep. Great to be back here at home. Congratulations on the win, Seth. Good job. Z, good job. Thanks for taking some time with us, boys. Yep. And shout out to Seth Navarre and Xander Zider for the interviews post game. And Seth, just saying, buddy, you did a good job, but it's not. Just calm down next time, buddy. Yeah, don't okay. be so nervous. You don't be so job. nervous. It's, not, a it's, great job. it's not that bad. Trust you, me, buddy. You know, and and that's why we go over with them. And you know, if you, you know, if you screw up, you screw up. It is what it is. You know, this is all for the kids, and it's all for fun. And you know, me and Isaiah love love getting with the guys after the game and. You know, talking with them and talking with the coaches and stuff, we enjoy that a lot. So, um, the funny part is though, uh, after before we started, Seth's so like, I don't know what I can do. I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I'm like, dude, you're fine. You got this. You got this. And like, we'll we'll give you literally a pre-script of what we're gonna well, ask you. Well, we can't you. pre-script it because I never say exactly what I'm telling them. But yeah, know, but we, it's down it's the same it's lines close. though. It's, it's close. close. All right. So next on, we head on over to Coach. Well, we, do we want to do Coach? Riggie? Okay. Yeah, head on over to Coach Riggy of the quarterbacks coach in DBs. And we're here now with Liberty Center Tiger quarterbacks coach, Chris Riggie. Uh, coach Riggie, uh, you know, just take some time with us, talk a little bit about your quarterbacks performance tonight uh, over the first six games, uh, where the progress has come. Just talk a little bit about that with us for a little bit. Uh, probably the most important thing for us is just, you know, what our quarterback is seeing. And uh, right now, Landon Amstutz is seeing things pretty well. Um, he's not really asked to do too much or hasn't been so far, but he's doing a good job taking advantage of opportunities when they arise. And he's done a real nice job taking care of the ball. Hasn't really put us in harm's way at all, which, you know, is nice. Talk a little bit about maybe some of the things that we've been working on at practice as far as maybe some form, maybe some footwork. What are, what are the, some of the big things that you guys are kind of honing on this year? He, he's pretty sound, really, fundamentally. Um, Tween milestones. Uh, most of our guys aren't too far off, but he does a pretty good job. Uh, one thing that we try to that we tried this week to brush up on a little bit were his drops and just getting better depth. But we really aren't, you know, coming out here to throw the ball over the yard. Uh, the biggest thing is for him to just take advantage of opportunities when they arise. I think everything's been pretty good with that. Thanks for taking some time with us, Coach. Congratulations right. on the win tonight. Thank you. And that was Coach Riggy, and I love that. I love that. I love Coach Riggy so much. Um, uh, yeah, 
Coach Riggy of the quarterback coach and the DBs. Phil, I got, I'm got. i going to tell you a real quick story to our listeners. This man is an amazing JV play caller. I'll tell you that right now. Now you're wondering, why do I say that? No, I'm not. I've been around this. Pro- I've been this, around the program. <laughs> this man, this man, okay, junior year, we uh, were sitting in the locker room, we're playing against Evergreen, and we and we lost the toss. And so Coach Riggy says, "Everyone, come over here real quick. We're going to implement a play before. Be- this is like five minutes before the game even starts." He says, "We're going to throw a ha- we're going to throw in a halfback pass." We're like, "Okay." And he said, "When we call this play, we will win the game." First play of the game, we ran it. <laughs> and he's, he's doing his little two-point stance. He's st- he looks at me he's like, hey, Markle. I'm like, yeah, coach. This could be a touchdown. Okay. Next I know, it's the halfback pass, and it goes for a freaking 75-yard touchdown. And so, Coach Riggs, told you it was going to be a touchdown. So He's the, he's the quiet the quiet personality. Yes, he, he's pretty <laughs> – but phenomenal JV play caller, I will tell you that. All right. We head on over to – so the Brian Golden Bears will be hosting the Evergreen Vikings, and the, the Tigers will be hosting their arch rival, the Patrick Henry Patriots, that we will be talking about very shortly. The Delta Panthers traveling over to Swanton, 42-0. Delta, this game was expected, Phil. Yeah, you know, just too too much Delta ground game. Uh, Swanton, not all there yet. Uh, competed a little bit there in the first quarter. Delta was able to wear him down. Uh, good running game, you know the Linter Linter Moot kid, mm-hmm. uh, pretty solid running back, and then you know Justin Rupel at the helm there at the quarterback spot. Um, Delta likes to control the offensive game plan as well. Heck of a catch there by DPJ. Um, uh, you know Delta going forward three and three, they're going to have to keep keep winning games that they're supposed to win if they want to keep fighting for some playoff spots. So uh, good good win there from Delta to bounce back, especially after a tough loss to Archibald. Uh, you know, can't have lasting effects, especially against a rivalry game. game. Scott talked about that rivalry. So, um, good win for Delta. Absolutely. And so, the Delta Panthers will be hosting the Wauseon Indians and Swanton will be traveling over to the Blue Streaks of Blue of Archibald. And so, we get to our last game of the coverage of today. The Patrick Henry Patriots traveling over to Wauseon, winning 30-24 to in an absolute nail-biter of a game, Phil. Yeah, first road win at Wauseon for Patrick Henry since 2012. First win against Wauseon since 2018. So having a couple or a few streaks there uh, that they were able to knock off the belt. Um, you know, this game was so interesting. You know, just when PH, you know, thought that they would maybe have a stranglehold on it at 30 to 14, you know, Wauseon gets a touchdown pass to Tyson Rodriguez and then gets the onside kick the very next play. Um, very next play, um, one heck of a play by Trey Parsons, a Wauseon quarterback. It dropped the snap, got it, picked it up, turned around under duress, was still falling down, found a way to get it to Ryan Friend on the screen. Ryan Friend, 30 yards downfield, tried to spin move, extra get extra yards. Patrick Henry forced the fumble inside the five-yard line and was able to cover it. I mean, next possession, Patrick Henry punts it away. Wasion right back into field goal or into Patrick Henry territory at the 39-yard line after a tough punt. First play, Parsons sees a late Wyatt Smith and Thomas Smith from Patrick Henry comes over and intercepts it. So two chances at the end of the game for Wasion to get right back in it or take the lead. Patrick Henry showed amazing resilience, resiliency uh, not to go away, and they're able to win this ball game. Wasion, 2 of 10 on third down, 0 of 3 on fourth down. Um, two turnovers in really crucial spots, the ones I just told you about. Trey Parsons, 14 of 24, 212 yards through the air, two touchdowns and an interception. Ryan Friend, tw- thir- or excuse me, 12 carries for 30 yards. Tyson Rodriguez, four catches, 60 yards, two touchdowns. Braylon Miller, four receptions, 62 yards. Uh, including a 40-yard fumble return for touchdown, which is how the game started. Patrick Henry with a fumble. Wasion able to return it for a touchdown. Um, for Patrick Henry, three of eight on third down. Um, Patrick Henry had six turnovers coming into the game, three turnovers in the first half, four total. Uh, did a better job with the penalties. I think that was a big thing that they needed to clean up. They were much better there. Houston Miranda, 29 carries, 132 yards, and four touchdowns. 
Um, mm-hmm. Landon Johnson, two carries for 54 yards. Lincoln Krieger, four catches for 69 yards. Landon Johnson, five receptions for 56 yards. Nash Meyer, 13 of 20 through the air for 146 yards and an interception. So um, a really good game from Houston. Miranda, Patrick Henry did exactly what it needed to do to survive. And uh, that sets up the uh, colossal showdown next week um, at Liberty Center. Uh what against exactly, Patrick Henry and Liberty Center. What and, exactly is that rivalry called? Because Zeb's told me multiple. I don't multiple think that ones. there's a. I mean, I just call the it Henry the, County rivalry. I, I just guess, call. I just call it the Battle of Battle Henry of County. Battle of 109. I don't know. I just call it the Battle of, of Henry the, County. The County Road Seven rivalry. I don't. I don't I, know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. know either. I don't know. It's the best rivalry in high school sports. Zeb, if you're listening to this, please send me a text on what's the name name of that, please. <laughs> so. Let's go over to our last game, though, the night that I had in our separate coverage, one that Scott told me that Versailles would win. Versailles drove the field with two minutes left, were able to score, and missed the extra point, and that is how Marion Local won 14-13. Some interesting, uh, to say the least, notes on some of these streaks. This is Marion Local's 60th consecutive game scoring 10 points or more it is their 34th consecutive regular season win it is their 38th consecutive playoff win it is their 187th game in a row allowing 40 points or less last time was 2010 versus Coldwater, and i believe they won the state title that year i don't know for sure that is unheard of. It is. 187 games without allowing a 40-point team. Anthony Wayne's streak of such at 87 games just came to an end on Friday night, giving up 42 to Whitmer. Mm-hmm. So pretty crazy stuff there for Marion Local. Again, 38th consecutive win. Insane. Two consecutive state titles. And this is just – it's just unheard of what they're doing. Uh, another interesting streak that was broken over the weekend, Columbus Mifflin, 30-game um, losing streak. They were able to get a 14-7 to win to end that losing streak. And the Wyoming Cowboys, um, who have who has the longest winning streak in um, four regular season wins, they won a 20-14 to ball game, which gave them their 73rd consecutive regular season win. So, And that's the longest streak in the state of Ohio. So, yep. You said the 2010 Marion Local Flyers, correct? They Are lost you? to Coldwater, yes. Yes, they lost to Coldwater, uh, 42-21. That was the last time they've given up 40 points in a game. Yep, and they lost to Minster in the second round that year. So... Did Coldwater win state that year? Click on Coldwater uh, and tell me. Here. That'd be interesting to find They did out. not. They didn't win state that year? They did not. They lost to Ursuline. Youngstown Ursuline? Yep. The Fighting Irish. Good uh, team. Lo- 50, Historically. Uh, Coldwater losing that game 51-21. So, who? Not used to hearing that about Max Schools. Anyways, with that being said, we get to our last and final of the league standing updates here. Uh, for to the NWOAL. Number one, the Liberty Center Tigers sitting at 6-0, 3-0. Tied with them is the Patrick Henry Patriots, 6-0, 3-0. And third, in a two-way tie for third place, the Archibald Blue Streaks, 2-1 in league play and 5-1. Wasion, 4-2, 2-1. The Brian Golden Bears, 3-3, 1-2. The Delta Panthers, 3-3, uh, 1-2. One and two, the Evergreen Vikings two and four, zero oh and three, and Swanton at the bottom at zero oh and six, zero oh and three. So those are the NWOAL league standings. And Phil, we got some pretty interesting games that we're going to be keeping our eyes on on Friday night. Yeah, here's just a couple of the ones that I wrote down: um, Ayersville at home versus Tenora, Anthony Wayne at Finley should be a really really fun comp- contest. Perrysburg. Perrysburg on the road at Whitmer. Defiance on the road at Elida. A big game for both of those two teams. And then Wayne Trace against Antwerp are the teams mm-hmm. that, are, that I wrote down. I think a lot of these games have um, interesting stakes in it. And then I also wrote down uh, a couple of more streaks. Um, Toledo Central Catholic 
70 straight games with 10 points or more, and that was 10 more ahead of Marion Local. So Toledo Central Catholic has the most in the state of Ohio. Marion Local was second. Um, And then Toledo Central Catholic just scored 20 points or more in their 33rd straight game, which is the second best active streak in the state of Ohio. So you talk about how good Central Catholic is. They're good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And our Enzo Militia Game of the Week. The rivalry of the Liberty Center Tigers and the Patrick Henry Patriots will be the end zone militia game of the week. And speaking of game of the weeks, our special guest that we're going to be having on this week is Norm Zider of Swanton Welding and Kirk Chambers with Chamber Control. It'd be interesting to have those guys on. Some some guys that you know I'd like to talk about. Uh, These maybe guys, some of the days when they were back playing, yep. and you know I'd like to hear some stories about the, some of the teams that they were able to play and they were able to see and. You know how differently things are now to you know compared to when they were when they played. It'll be fun to talk to those guys about that. And oh yeah, I talked to uh, Kurt and Kurt Chambers after the game, and he's 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 excited for this one, for coming on. And Norm, I'm not kidding. He's called me three times <laughs> ever since Wednesday. So um, we we're really excited to be hosting those two guys as our special guest this week for this big colossal league possible league impl- uh league champion uh no no definitely whoever wins this is definitely in the driver's seat to win the league title um definitely gets you that step that you need to take um Mm -hmm. obviously like i said even if whoever wins this game ph still sees archibald uh and liberty still has to see wasian so Mm -hmm. regardless of who wins this game there's going to be games down the stretch that these teams Mm -hmm. are going to have to win um you know this is when the computer point system really starts taking off too Isaiah, you know, you look at some of these second secondary points that you're getting, you know, and I think that's where Antwerp kind of doesn't get a lot of love at. Mm-hmm. They play a lot of Division Six, Seven teams, so they don't get a lot of those computer points. So I think that's tough. But you know, you're looking at teams that are in Division Five or Division Six that play these Division Four teams, and you know, Marion you start Local's seeing uh, some of those. The Marion Local Division Seven team, they play higher teams, so that's why they're always usually at first. You know, they play a tough out-of-conference schedule, you know, Coldwater Division 5 team, they play them. Versailles Division 5, I believe. Wapak Division 4, I believe. So, you know, every team – or, yeah, Division 3, you know, so Wapak is able to get some big wins and and get some secondary computer points as well. So uh, let's let's go over the uh, uh, Region 5 – or Division 5, Region 18, uh, Liberty Center in second right now, Archibald in fourth. Um, Delta in 16th, Swanton last, OG 23rd. So uh, just a couple of the teams that we play there. That's just in Division 5, uh, Region 18, Division 7, Region 26. PH is the number one seed right now. Um, Antwerp the number five seed. Ayersville the number nine seed. Um, so a couple of these teams really need some of these big wins coming down the stretch. Uh, let's look at Tenora in Division Six, Region Twenty Two. I believe they're in Division Six, Region Twenty Two. They're at thirteenth right now. Columbus Grove at seventh. Uh, Colonel Crawford and Carey just played. Carey with a big win there to jump them all the way up to third. So, yep. Um, you know the playoffs are going to get really playoffs. Playoffs. They're going to get really interesting down the stretch, and can't wait to cover them up. Absolutely. So, Phil, we got some shoutouts. We can call it the day. Uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to um, AB Perfectionist Painting and Knock It Out Drywall. You can give Austin Purdue a call at 419-906-1627. Uh, you can have his drywall guys put in the drywall, and his painters come in and paint it for you. Uh, it's quality painting made easy. Um, Dorian Hooker's Pro Day Performance Training with Dorian Hooker and Jordan Purdue training athletes all over Northwest Ohio here, uh, basically from the Indiana line all the way to the Toledo Area schools, uh, Genoa, Genoa, uh, Michigan, uh, Perrysburg, Anthony Wayne, all kinds of schools. So they do a fantastic job over there. Great atmosphere. Uh, it's a fun place uh, to get a good workout in and, and be around other people who are trying to accomplish those same mm-hmm. goals, whatever it is. Uh, if you want to better yourself, athlete, just be a better shape, better be a better you, great place to do that. Um also, uh, shout out to LC Tiger Sports Live for the use of the fantastic studio and equipment here. Uh, love being able to come in and watch the Browns game and record and, you know, to, to have no difficulties. It's uh, it, it's pretty awesome. And, 
you know, we, we thank those guys for all, all that they've done. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Chambers Control with Kirk Chambers, technology, solar panels, stuff that will give Phil migraines, including when he's dead, six feet under. Headaches <laughs> for days. Uh, Meyer Bay and Hop Insurance are known as Mayor Bay and Hop Insurance. Servicing the people of Northwest Ohio since 1933. Liberty Center's favorite family, the Snyder family, and the Tiger Den Dairy Bar. And every time, whenever you go there, ask for a Duke Burger or a Shano. And just make sure you tell them that we say. Uh, KK Collision with Kyle Kern, heavy doing, heavy duty towing, and mechanic mechanics. Uh, Swanton Welding with Norm Zider, fabrication services, and helping Northwest Ohio athletics over the years. And three chord. Sign it, sew it, screen it, print it. With Shane Hollenball. And Phil, I think we got it. I think that's it, man. Are we officially official? We are officially official. So with that being said, I'm your host, Isaiah Markle. And I'm your co-host, The Snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. O-H-I-O. And this is Endzone Militia.